Section 33 of Essays, Book 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Anna Simão. Essays, Book 1, by Michel de Montaigne. Translated by Charles Cotton. Chapter 33. That fortune is oftentimes observed to act by the rule of reason. Editor notes. The term fortune, so often employed by Montaigne, and in passages where he might have used providence, was censured by the doctors who examined his essays when he was at Rome in 1581. See his travels. I. 35 and 76. The inconstancy and various motions of fortune may reasonably make us expect should present us with all sorts of faces. Can there be a more express act of justice than this? The Duke de Valentinus, Caesar Borgia, having resolved to poison Adrian, Cardinal of Corneto, with whom Pope Alexander VI, his father and himself, were to soup in the Vatican, he sent before a bottle of poisoned wine, and withal, strict orders to the butler to keep it very safe. The Pope, being come before his son, and calling for a drink, the butler, supposing this wine had not been so strictly recommended to his care, but only upon the account of its excellency, presented it forthwith to the Pope, and the Duke himself coming in presently after, and being confident they had not meddled with this bottle, took also his cup, so that the father died immediately upon the spot. Other historians assigned the Pope several days of misery prior to death, D.W., and the son, after having been long tormented by sickness, was reserved to another and a worse fortune. Sometimes she seems to play upon us just in the nick of an affair. Monsieur Distress, at that time insigned to Monsieur de Vendôme and Monsieur de Lique, lieutenant in the company of the Duke d'Ascot, being both pretenders to the Sieur de Fouxel's sister, though of several parties, as it oft falls out amongst frontier neighbours, the Sieur de Ligues carried her, but on the same day he was married, and which was worse, before he went to bed to his wife, the bridegroom, having a mind to break a lance in honour of his new bride, went out to skirmish near St. Omer, where the Sieur Distress, proving the stronger, took him prisoner, and more to illustrate his victory, the lady was fain to request him of courtesy to deliver up his prisoner to her, as he accordingly did, the gentlemen of France never denying anything to ladies. Conjugi ante coacta, novi dimeteri collum, conveniam un attac altera, rursus iemens, noctibus in longis avidum satura set amorem. Compelled to abstain from embracing her new spouse in her arms, before two winters pass in succession, during their long nights, had satiated her eager love. Catulus, 81. Does she not seem to be an artist here? Constantine, son of Helena, founded the empire of Constantinople, and so many ages after, Constantine, the son of Alan, put an end to it. Sometimes, she is pleased to emulate our miracles, we are told, that King Clovis, besieging Anguillan, the walls fell down of themselves by divine favors, and Bouchet, 
has it from some author that King Robert, having sat down before a city, and being stolen away from the siege to go keep the feast of St. Aidan at Orleans, as he was in devotion at a certain part of the Mass, dwells of the beleaguered city without any manner of violence, fell down with a sudden ruin. But she did quite contrary in our Milan's war, for, Le Capitaine Rens, laying siege for us to the city Arona, and having carried the mine under a great part of the wall, the mine being sprung, the wall was lifted from its base, but dropped down again nevertheless, whole and entire, and so exactly upon its foundation that the besieged suffered no inconvenience by that attempt. Sometimes she plays the physician, Jason de Pferre's being given over by the physicians by reason of an imposthume in his breast, having a mind to rid himself of his pain, by death at least, threw himself in a battle desperately into the thickness of the enemy, where he was so fortunately wounded quite through the body, that the imposthume broke, and he was perfectly cured. Did she not also excel the painter Portrocnus in his art, who, having finished the picture of a dog, quite tired and out of breath, in all the other parts excellently well to his own liking, but not being able to express, as he would, the slaver and foam that should come out of his mouth, vexed and angry at his work, he took his sponge, which, by cleaning his pencils, had imbibed several sorts of colors, and threw it in a rage against the picture, with an intent utterly to deface it. When fortune guided the sponge to hit just upon the mouth of the dog, it there performed what all his art was not able to do. Does she not sometimes direct our counsels and correct them? Isabel, Queen of England, having to sail from Zealand into her own kingdom, in 1326, with an army in favor of her son against her husband, had been lost, had she come into the port she had intended, being there laid wait for by the enemy. But fortune, against her will, threw her into another haven, where she landed in safety and that man of old who, throwing a stone at the dog, hit and killed his mother-in-law, had he not reason to pronounce this verse. Fortune has more judgment than we. Menander Isotus had contracted with two soldiers to kill Timoleon at a drone in Sicily. Plutarch, Life of Timoleon, C. 7 they took their time to do it when he was assisting at a sacrifice, and thrusting into the crowd, as they were making signs to one another, that now was a fit time to do their business, in steps a third, who, with a sword, takes one of them full drive over the pate, lays him dead upon the place and runs away, which the others see, and concluding himself discovered and lost, runs to the altar and begs for mercy, promising to discover the old truth, which, as he was doing, and laying open the full conspiracy, behold the third man, who, being apprehended, was, as a murderer, thrust and hauled by the people through the press, towards Timoleon, and the other most eminent persons of the assembly, before whom, being brought, he cries out for pardon, pleading that he had justly slain his father's murderer, which he, also proving up on the spot, by sufficient witnesses, whom his good fortune very opportunately supplied him withal, that his father was really killed in the city of Leontini, 
by that very man on whom he had taken his revenge. He was presently rewarded ten attic minae, for having had the good fortune, by designing to revenge the death of his father, to preserve the life of the common father of Sicily. Fortune, truly, in her conduct, surpasses all the rules of human prudence. But to conclude, is there not a direct application of her favor, bounty, and pity manifestly discovered in this action? Ignatius the father, and Ignatius the son, being proscribed by the triumvirs of Rome, resolve upon this generous act of mutual kindness, to fall by the hands of one another, and by that means to frustrate and defeat the cruelty of the tyrants. And accordingly with their swords drawn, ran full drive upon one another, where fortune so guided the points, that he made two equally mortal wounds, affording withal so much honor to so brave a friendship, as to leave them just strength enough to draw out their bloody swords, that they might have liberty to embrace one another in this dying condition, with so close and hearty an embrace, that the executioner cut off both their heads at once, leaving the bodies still fast linked together in this noble bond, and their wounds join mouth to mouth, affectionately sucking in the last blood and reminder of the lives of each other. End of section 33 Recording by Anna Simão from Portugal